you guys are, uh, I don't know, it's just happening, it's working out. All right, guys, uh, it is great to be together. Uh, what a fantastic service it's been so far. Really, it's been really awesome. I want to thank uh, the worship team for an awesome uh, time. It's been really awesome to hear them. Um, our, 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 our very own boy band uh, worship team, uh, which is great. they got to get come up with a name. Uh, that would be great. Um, and also just uh, uh, Wade and Corinne's family group. I think you guys should be called Rebels Without a Name. I think that's really cool. I think that's a great, great title. Can you even, can you even name what a Christian is? There's so many names, right? Um, and even Christian wasn't even the name. We made ourselves that. Someone else gave it to us. Um, well, we are going to embark and begin on the great letter of Romans. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm reading the Bible again for the first time. It's awesome. You ever feel that? Like, man, I thought I read the Bible enough, but I really didn't. It's awesome to get in the Word of God and, and so encouraging. Um, I wanted to start with just a couple prayer requests, guys, um, as we start. Uh, the first prayer request is that Paige has a great birthday. Today is Paige, Paige's birthday, guys. We want to pray for, for she's, she's up serving. See, even on her birthday, she's serving. Um, and, uh, you know, it's awesome that they had a great shower that happened, yet, you know, yesterday. And Paige's mom is here and um, friends are here. It's great uh, to have you. Um, but we do have just two requests I wanted to put in prayer. First is just uh, for the Flynn family. You know, Carmen uh, Barry, a, a very special, oh, my goodness, a very special woman. Many of us know her. Uh, she was a bright, shining light to everyone around her. I, I respect her as such a great woman. Uh, she was part of, you know, coming to church a lot of times as, as coming up and visiting, as well as down in uh, Maryland, um, you know, taking care of two boys, um, you know, after uh, uh, somebody, you know, dearly, like a father passes away. Uh, it's not easy. And uh, she was an amazing, amazing uh, woman. Um, and uh, they got to celebrate her life um, just recently. So I do want to pray just that we can really keep them in our hearts and our prayers. And uh, I know that losing someone is really hard, um, really hard. Uh, and uh, it doesn't just, uh, it just, the memory is, is beautiful, and we got to think about that, but it's also just hard. Um, but it was nice that we got to go down and uh, be a part of their family. I love the Flynn family. I would like to be adopted as a Flynn, uh, Flynn Petruzzi. Uh, it's so much fun. I feel at home for some reason, even though no one's Colombian um, in that group. But um, it's great to us. Uh, it was great to see you. I actually enjoyed just coming down and seeing Mark and just seeing his isms, you know, Mark, uh, Uncle of Charlie, and just the whole family. It was just awesome. Um, and I got to see Kevin and Irene. It was awesome um, for that, you know, tough situation, but it was great to see them. We also want to pray for our dear, dear sister, Katie. Um, it was a Facebook announcement, of course, that uh, her kidney function isn't working really. Uh, Danielle and I and Denise and some others got to visit her uh, at Mercy, um, and she, um, she is still the trip that she is. Uh, Danielle texted her, what would you like? She was like, an Italian sandwich, please. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? That's the thing you ask, Italian sandwich. She's like, and don't get it from Amato's because they just put all the stuff on top. Make sure you get it from like some other place, you know. And 
But, um, you know, of course, she, she's battling cancer, and um, she really took an upturn. She, I mean, uh, I was seeing her sharing the other day. It was amazing. Um, and she looked like she was coming out of things, and, of course, uh, you know, the battle wages on. But um, let's be praying for her, her that her, her levels would level out, that it would reverse. That's specifically the prayer from her, you know, really potassium levels being super, super um, low, I think, and her sodium levels being super low as well. So the potassium, I think the potassium needs to come up, the, the, the sodium uh, needs to come down. So I don't, I, I don't know exactly the science of it all, but pray that her kidneys can really function uh, normal. Right now it's 20%, uh, which isn't great. And um, so we're going to pray for that right now before we jump into um, the Word of God. Uh, so let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the Flynn family. Uh, they mean so much to us, God, and, and to your kingdom. And we just pray for just their whole family. God, that, uh, Lord, you would just heal them and help them and help them as they grieve. Uh, help us to just wrap our arms around them, Father, and make them feel your love uh, because they are dearly loved. And, and thank you for Carmen and her life, God. She was uh, a woman of great valor, God. Uh, thank you so much that we can um, celebrate a life and how each one of our lives means so much to the people we touch. Uh, God, thank you for living today. Really, God, it's just such a privilege to have another day. And uh, help us to enjoy it and be grateful. Um, God, we, we thank you so much for Katie. We, we beg you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we beg you, Father, for her um, to have her kidney functioning normal again, or at least enough to go home. God, we pray for the health care providers that you'd give them wisdom. I know it's not easy uh, with multiple tumors and multiple things happening, God. We just, it's humbling that our bodies uh, break down. And I just ask you, Lord, most importantly, that you give her peace. Mm-hmm. Father, I know she wants her family to uh, know you uh, so desperately. And it was just so cool just to you know, we went over there, it's, you know, just to see, and, and, the, and the family was there, and the, the sister was saying, I want to come to your church. And I was moved by that. I was just like, wow, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't come here for that, but I'm grateful that just uh, you used Holly and Seth and everyone else to help this amazing woman be a part of our fellowship, God. She is such a, a testimony, God, uh, of your power, God. And we just pray she can continue to to preach on with her life, God. Please keep her. We need her a little longer, Father. Uh, Lord, but uh, at the same time, God, we know you, you blessed is, this, is the, in the sight of, of the Lord is the death of his saints. God, we know paradise is waiting for the believer, God. Paradise, God. I think about Hawaii and, and times it by a million, Father, and that's what paradise is gonna be like. So Lord, I sometimes question if she should stay, Lord because of what awaits her. But I also just pray for her peace, because something in her thinks she's not ready to go yet. So God, I pray that you would help her, Father, to keep on going. God, thank you for uh, the fact that life is, is, is one step toward the real life, God, the eternal life that we have. And God, it's just beyond the curtain, Lord. We feel it, God. We know it's real. We know it's coming. All of us, atheists, agnostic, and believer alike, know that it's coming, Father. The, the next stage of life, God, the best stage of life. And we, 
we thank you for that, and we thank you for even in moments like this that we can think about that and rejoice. <coughs> Lord, we, we are grateful for this time. We pray for, um, it's just so humbling to get into the book of Romans. <laughs> uh, God, it's the gospel that we share in is so amazing, God. Help us to understand it more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, guys, let's go to Romans 1. And um, I, uh, alongside many other preachers that are taking on this task, we are going to be preaching Romans uh, 1 through 16 to you. And uh, sometimes we're going to be preaching uh, two sermons for one chapter, like Romans 8 is not to be done in one sermon. Uh, It's very difficult, but um, there are themes in Romans that I think we need to think about, and today I'm going to really talk about those themes a little bit and talk about the intro, and we're going to read Romans 1. So to start off, let's just get in God's Word, and we're going to read the whole chapter together, amen? And then we'll jump in to this amazing book, The Letter to the Church in Rome, Amen? amen? Thus saith the Lord. As we did in, in midweek, we say that someone stands up. Thus saith the Lord. Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power, by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him we've received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers and at all times, and I pray that now at last my God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may part to you some spiritual gifts to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I had among other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you, who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood 
from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like human, mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged a truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with one another and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They were filled with every kind of wicked, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you contemning yourself, because you pass judgment, do the same things. We'll stop right there. Wow. Quite an opening. Reading the scriptures like that is interesting out loud. Um, Hearing the Bible like that is amazing. And realizing that this letter was read publicly just like this to the whole church, but it kept on going till chapter 16. Imagine just listening to this letter for that long. What would it be like? I'm sure they had pretty good readers, or maybe they didn't. But they, they tried their best as they read this letter aloud. This is a letter. This is one of Paul's first letters that he's really written to churches. It's in the height of his career. It's, it's, it's one of his great letters. If not, it's always hard to judge, one of his greatest. I believe it is his greatest. Um, it is his treaty on the gospel. It is his, his thesis on the gospel. It is his weight, weightiest, it's one of the weightiest uh, canonical letters that really uh, describes what the gospel is in, in its entirety. But we first understand that this letter was written to a church that he never visited. Amen? He never actually came to Rome. And we know that because in verse 11, it says, obviously, that I've longed to see you over and over again, right? Mutually encourage you, but that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. And essentially, many people believe that no apostle ever stepped foot and preached uh, in Rome before this happened. No one ever was there uh, preaching or established a church. No apostle established a church 
Because oftentimes we know, like in Samaria, the apostles visited Samaria and imparted spiritual gifts, right? On the people. They were speaking in tongues after uh, Peter and John placed their hands on them. But with Philip, who was just a deacon, he was a fired up deacon, amen? But he was just a deacon. He could not pass and impart those gifts. The apostles had the power to do that. And it was a help to the gospel because it, it was before the, the living word was in existence in its entirety, there was just a word of the people that preached the word. Jesus rose to the dead. Yeah, prove it. I don't even know who this Jesus is. Well, if you had some gifts, it would confirm the message, amen, that was spoken of. Now that we have God's word, we still see signs of the Holy Spirit, amen? We still see the power of a changed life, but we don't have those same kinds of gifts because we have something even greater, amen? amen. The word of God. But he was hoping to go to Rome as a platform to go further than he's ever gone to Spain and beyond, amen? Paul was an ambitious guy. Uh, this was probably written between 54 and 58 at the height of his career. This, this Christian hater became the best missionary of all time. And he went on, he had such ambitions to preach the word where Christ was not preached. And it's awesome, guys. You guys have that same ambition. Amen? You are trying to preach Christ where it's not as known as other places. This is the second least churched uh, state in all the country. And many people do not even know uh, the contents of the book of John. Many people can't quote scriptures to you. If you ask them, quote a scripture, maybe you want to ask your, your, your workmate that one day, see what happens. They might quote some scriptures. Sometimes they quote scriptures that are not scriptures. Amen? God doesn't help those that don't help themselves. That's in the Bible, right? You know, um, a lot of people quote stuff, you know. Thus saith the Lord. You're like, they didn't, the Lord didn't say that. What do you mean? But it's so cool to see Paul, uh, his heart, how it changed for the gospel. He was a Pharisee, guys. I'm trying to emphasize this so much. He could not eat with Gentiles. His understanding of the Gentile world, that it was fuel for the fires of hell. That's how he believed. The Gentiles were just like, like kindling wood for Gehenna. That's how they viewed these, these, these Gentiles, these, these filthy Gentiles. Amen? God loves Gentiles too. Praise God. But back then, he didn't love Gentiles too. He really didn't like it. He thought that they were enemies of God. And in fact, they were. But they were loved enemies of God. Amen? And so, so were the Jews. And so in this, Rome was established without an apostle. There was obviously a lot of amazing people in this church, as we'll read in Romans 16. But they were not really led. It's so cool that, you know, the churches were just popping up, you know, everywhere without the apostles. And people were just preaching God's word, establishing house churches, and maybe it wasn't as even organized as we are today. It was kind of just let the Holy Spirit work. And it's kind of encouraging to see a whole church was established without apostleship. Amen? Uh, maybe some of the deacons were a part of that. But Paul saw this church as being an amazing place to go west. And many people believe he did after he got out of house arrest, went to Rome, 
and went on to preach in Spain. Pretty cool, huh? But what he was trying to do was first uh, win them over. You know, as a church that didn't know Paul, he wanted to win them over. He was like, we don't know each other. I know a couple people, you know, actually 26 people in the church I know, significant leaders, which is awesome. He had connections there, uh, which was amazing. Paul had so many relationships, um, and it's so great. We need to have those kind of relationships all over the world, amen? amen? But he had those relationships, but that's all he had, and the trust had to be built. He also was part, he also realized that this church in Rome was Jew and Gentile. And uh, what happened was uh, an emperor kicked out the Jews, Jewish Christians, from Rome. And then they were allowed to come back. And so they came back. Many of the Jews came back to Rome and established. And so you have a Gentile population being set up. You know, they're eating pork, you know, having, you know, all the fun they want, you know, doing different things. And and then the Jews come, hey, what's going on here, you know? And, and they were a little bit uh, uh, disturbed. It, there was a lot going on with the Jew-Gentile thing. Circumcision, uh, what you eat, food sacrifice to idols. These were issues. And, and furthermore, what was happening is Gentile world was now, uh, the Christians who were Gentile were now numbering the Jewish people. And the Jews were starting to say, aren't we God's people too? What's up, Lord? <laughs> You said we're God's people, and now more Gentiles are Christians than Jews. What, what was God's plan with all this? And there was, there was some challenges there in the thinking. And so there was self-righteousness on the Jews' part, that they thought, well, you know, how, how is it that these dirty Gentiles, right, who used to be kindling wood for Gehenna, are now allowed in the kingdom of God and these other people who've been trying their hardest to follow God's word, reject it. That's a hard question, isn't it? Yep. Even today, that's a hard question. You, know, you look at me. I came to church hungover drunk the first time. And I'm preaching to you right now. I am not hungover drunk right now. Amen? Just want to encourage you with that. And I haven't done that for a long time. Ever since I was baptized. and be, you know, Even before that. But... How am I a preacher and then someone else who all their life has been trying to follow the word of God but hasn't totally surrendered their entire life to Christ? Why do I get to be here? Why do I get to be at the table of the Lord? And then someone else who is better than me and more righteous than me does it. And Paul is answering that question that all are unrighteous before a holy, amazing, righteous God, that only God's righteousness, amen, can make us right with God. And so in this, you see him writing um, to win them over. And, and it's really cool that I didn't realize this, but letters had a format back in the day, amen? Back in the, the first century world, there was a format. There was a greeting most of the time, right? There was a greeting. That makes sense. We still do that, dear so-and-so, right? We, we have a greeting. But there was a prayer. I love that. That even these Romans who believed in many gods, they would say, I pray that your health would be good, that the gods would, would bless you with many things. You know, they would say that. And that was a part of their letter, amen? 
Paul was following a format that was known by the Roman world. Then there was Thanksgiving. Maybe we should use this as our card, you know, situation. It's a pretty good situation. I wrote Charlie a card the other day. I was like, man, I should have done it this way. What's up, you know? Thanksgiving's next. You know, they thank, they thank God for you. Amen? And just thank that person. There's not enough room in the letter for it. Um, now they just sing to you. You know, they do all these things for you. But uh, special content, and there was really the body of the letter and what you wanted to say. Maybe it's, hey, I need some money, Dad. <laughs> you know, you butter them up a little bit, then you ask them for money. And then at the end, there's a special salutation or greeting. Greet, you know, my, my little dog, Toto, you know, tell him I love him. You know, and there's just little things that you say at the end of the, of the thing. And that's, that's exactly how this letter was formed. Amen. And this is definitely one of the longer letters of Paul. Paul had a lot of parchment, amen? He, he had that ready for him to go. He wrote long letters. Peter was like, I don't get a lot of parchment. Let's finish it up. Chapter 5. Um, but here, it's amazing. He, he speaks about in this first part incredibly, and, and, and we're going to kind of fly through this a little bit, but I want you to study this a little bit more deeper, that essentially this... The way he speaks about Jesus in this first part is amazing. He says in verse, first of all, he says he was set apart for the gospel. And I believe that's not just Paul. That's all of us. You were set apart for the gospel, amen? The gospel that was promised beforehand through the prophets, amen? He speaks about the Son of God as a descendant of David in the earthly body, but made and appointed to be the Son of God by the power of his resurrection. And I love Irenaeus, Bishop of Lyon, summed it up really well when he said, he became what we are to make us what he is. You should write that down or think about that. It's pretty awesome. He became what we are to make us what he is. And that's a beautiful way to express what Jesus did coming down. Amen? And then he speaks about really the desire to come and be a part of it. And then really in verse 16, he speaks really verse 16 and 17 is the thesis of this whole letter. Amen. If you're like, what's Romans about? Verse 16 through 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God, the very power of God that brings salvation to what? What's it say there? Everyone. Isn't it awesome? It brings salvation to everyone. 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 The murderer, everyone. The goody two-shoe church lady, everyone. You know, the, 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 the drunk, everyone. Everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. We are going to be speaking about this, these two verses as we go into chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 and 11. And then it kind of ends there at 11. We get a, a great amount of teaching, amen, on the gospel. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so exhilarating. It's going to be so powerful to deepen your faith. Amen. 
You know, when you start thinking works-oriented, I'm not praying enough. I'm not, I'm not sharing my faith enough. I, 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 is God even happy with me? Should I even pray? Am I even saved? When you start having those satanic thoughts, you got to go back to Romans. You got to go back to the gospel and realize that it's his righteousness. Amen? Amen. Not your righteousness. Right. It's his righteousness that's been revealed to you that you get to now make your righteousness. Amen. You're talking to someone who will never ever get close on his own to be as righteous as God. No one can. And yet, I am righteous like my God. Amen? Amen. You know, um, and this is why we should be gospel lovers. Do you love the gospel? Are you grateful for the gospel? Because it's the message that reveals the righteousness of God. Amen? The first point, the gospel that saves all. We just talked about that. We just talked about that. The gospel that saves all. Habakkuk 2.4 is quoted. The righteousness, righteous will live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 is, is quoted by Paul in the end here. The righteous will live by faith. It's an incredible, incredible passage of scripture. Because in it, in the authorized version, it says he'll live by his faithfulness. I love that version too. There's, there's a Septuagint version that says the righteous will live by faith. And then there's the Hebrew, right, that we found in the Dead Sea Scrolls of the book of Habakkuk and some other books that we have. Most of the Old Testament now is directly from the Hebrew that says live by their faithfulness. We don't live by doing good things. We don't spiritually live because we do everything right. We live because we trust Jesus Christ. You know, today, uh, Ryan is going to put his trust in Jesus Christ. And because of that trust, he's going to receive the righteousness of God. That's pretty cool, huh, Ryan? That's pretty cool. What did you do today? I received the righteousness of God. What did you do? (laughs) I uh, put salt on my driveway. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Wow, that's quite the day, Ryan. Um, Pretty awesome. You know, lastly, we see this scripture that um, the world desperately needs the gospel. And that's verse 18, right? Through 32. I read this and I was like, oh, Paul, I mean, come on, man. Oh, you just laid it out. And I have to preach this? I was literally thinking that. You know, in Portland, where the lesbian population is like the highest per capita ever I have to preach this in this land where where you know now we speak about homosexuality as 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 something that is okay in society and I have to preach this now when we talk about greed as as the american dream or or disobeying your parents is just a part of being uh you when I go into stores and I see kids smacking their moms over and over again, you know, at five-year-old kids, no, 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 no. And I have to sit in line and just take a deep breath and just pray for that child. 
Lord, let the demons be exercised from that child. Amen. You know, guys, we live in a world that desperately needs Jesus. And the thing about this passage is I see myself in there. I see myself. I need the gospel every day. It's not the people that are same-sex attracted only that need Jesus. I need Jesus today. I need Jesus just as much as they do. I need Jesus just as much as the guy who enters the halfway house. I need Jesus every day. And I'm part of the world. I was talking to someone on the phone, actually. uh, We've been studying the Bible a little bit with uh, just getting in the Word of God with with Sarah and Kendra's step. Uh, stepfather and mom they came down on Friday and they, they, they really are wanting to talk more about maybe doing something together which is really cool they're up in Bangor and, and today we're ta- yesterday we we're talking while I came back from AAU and he said just remember Glenn it's not just the blood of Jesus that saves you it's his righteousness that saves you every day and I was like man that was so helpful I was super encouraged by that you know that That every day you wake up, every second of every day, you are saved by Jesus Christ as a Christian. And that's what's powerful about the gospel. You know, we read about how God is obvious. There are no atheists in this world. The Bible says it's made obvious. I did a Bible discussion group one time on campus called God Doesn't Believe in Atheists. <laughs> and, and I use this passage, and I use Ecclesiastes 3, right, 11. It says, eternity is set on everyone's hearts. I've been at funerals, guys, and atheists in my family have come up and said, where do you think they are? Now, I, as a sinful man, am tempted to go, they're in the ground, like you said. But I don't do that. I share my faith. Well, why are they asking that question if they're atheists? Because they know. You know, when someone says they're atheists, I think it really translates with, I have a problem with God and I haven't figured it out yet. And so it's easier for me just to say there's no God because it's too painful to, to think that God would allow this. That's what that is. It's a long kind of way to say that, right? So atheist is okay for me because it's just a shorter word. But man, that's what they really feel. And I know science and, 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 and there's a lot of skeptical people. But deep down in the heart of every man, there's, there's, there's absolutely a truth to that. You know, Trevor was an atheist. And, you know, he now preaches the word. Yeah. Doesn't he? And, uh, you know, it's cool that uh, Mike Burns actually uh, was an instrumental person to Trevor. Went over his house and she was passing through and they got time. And uh, it's amazing. Angie said he was changed after getting with him. And it was so cool that, you know, Mike Burns has impacted uh, our, dear, our dear brother Trevor, you know. And now he's coming to visit us, which is really awesome. But we need the gospel. We need Jesus. And, and just ending, I think it's so important that we remember that Jesus is the answer to this world. Amen. It's not, social activism is so important, 
but it's not the total answer. Right. That's right. The gospel is the answer. Because it's, as Paul says, it's the power of God. The power of God. Amen. Think about all God's power. Do you think he even used a little bit of it when he said, let there be light? I don't think he did. When he made man out of dust, you think he used all the power that he had? I don't think he did. When he raised people from the dead on this earth and healed the lepers and helped the blind people, do you think he used all the power that he had? But when he saves a man or a woman through the gospel and changes that man, all the power of God is brought forth. It doesn't say part of the power of God. It says the power of God is released into this world through that man or woman, through the righteousness of God. You know, a great teacher named Gordon Ferguson said this. Gordon Ferguson! You guys know him. He talks like this. Sometimes he yells and he gets even more southern. He said something really powerful that I'll never forget. He says... If you get Romans, God gets you forever. And so as we do this series, guys, I want you to pray that you get Romans so that God can get you forever. Amen. Come on up, guys.